Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me know the Lord loves us tonight. Look at two or three people. Tell them tonight's your night for a miracle. Do you believe that? Turn to somebody else and say, tonight's your night for a miracle. Amen. Praise God. I look out and I see people that are here that precious sister baptized this week. Amen. We're so glad about that. Amen. Brother Bill baptized this week. That's amazing. Praise the name of the Lord. Many, many, many more, many more. Without any further ado, we're we're so honored, so thankful, and uh, to have our evangelist with us tonight, Brother Morgan. So grateful for him. What a powerful church service we had on Sunday. We give glory to God for that. And uh, he and his precious wife, amen, Sister Paris, we're so thankful that y'all took time to come and be with us. We've enjoyed every moment we got to spend with you and look forward to many more. And uh, I do believe the Lord has anointed this man for our church this evening. And uh, aren't we glad to have him all the way from Florida? Would you welcome Brother Morgan as he comes to preach tonight? Amen. Preach whatever you feel. Obey the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. I may be a little bit biased on this, and uh, it might even go against the grain of what a normal, I guess, evangelist would say, but Wednesday nights are probably my favorite services. I know, right? Who says that? You know, the reason is, is because those that really are committed show up on Wednesday night. The hungry show up on Wednesday night. Well, I thought you'd give yourself a round of applause for that. Amen. It's such an honor to be here. I give honor to your pastor and to your pastor's wife and their amazing family. I can honestly say this, and I I told this to, to Brother Cody, and I don't just say this just to say it, but I don't know of anybody that has impacted me from afar as much as your pastor, and I give honor to him tonight. Aren't you thankful for your pastor here? Man, to the entire staff, whomever put together that delicious basket. And there was a carrot cake cookie. I've never had one of those. And I had planned on sharing some of it with my wife, but it, it never made it that far. <laughs> I, I mean, that was just delicious. Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. I need about five more of those. Amen. Anyways, I'm glad to have my wife with me. Truly, truly the greatest gift outside of the Holy Ghost God has ever given me. And I love her and uh, thankful for her. And to my friend, Brother Cody and his precious wife and their great family, I love and appreciate you very much. To the entire, entire anchor staff, why don't you give your leadership a great round of applause here. Amen. Amen. I firmly believe to have apostolic impact, you need to have true apostolic government. And that flows from the offices just as much as it does in our services. And we need to thank God for leadership. Amen. I do feel like God has been talking to me today. And I'm going to do my best to deliver what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. We're going to begin reading at verse number 1. And we'll stop somewhere around verse number 5. 
1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1. If you have it, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now know or now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he, Christ, is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifest to take away our sins. And somebody say, and in him is no sin. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to us on this subject, the path to the miraculous. I firmly believe that before this service is over, that we are going to experience a miraculous move of the Holy Ghost. I feel the presence of God so strongly right now. Would you just lift your hands one more time from the left to the right, from the front to the back? Now, would you lift your voices higher than your hands? Could we just turn this place into a prayer room for the next few moments? Lord, I humble myself unto you. Put your words in my mouth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Anoint my lips, God. Put your words in my mouth, God, just like you did for Moses. I pray that it would be so right now. Lord, I pray that in this room that your spirit would flow so freely, God, and that we would experience a mighty, a mighty miraculous move of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I pray that the gifts of the spirit would begin to flow. You would confirm this word with signs following. And right now, we take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance against the remainder of this service. Come on, one more time. Lift your voices. You got the gift of the Holy Ghost. I dare you to loose that right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, anchor. Lift your voices just for a few more moments. Come on, that's it. Just press in here just for a few more moments. Press in here. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. If you believe God's going to do something great for you here tonight, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Man. Turn to your neighbor, say, you look better than I do. Turn to your other neighbor, say, just kidding. Man, please be seated in Jesus' name. John chapter 14 is probably one of the most familiar passages of Scripture to take somebody that is seeking to understand salvation. And I love John 14, 15, and 16 and the progression that has taken place here as 
Jesus has already given the sop to Judas and a lot of things have taken place and we understand that as you're here that Jesus begins to unravel some very important truths, some things that all of us hold on to as our foundation to who and what we are. I love when Jesus begins to talk about in John chapter 14, and he says, let your heart not be troubled. He begins to talk about how he's going to prepare a place for us. And that if he goes, you should be excited because you need to understand that there's going to be a day that we are going to meet him there. And that in his father's house are many mansions. And I am with everything within me, it seems like over the last 60 days, more than ever, I've thought about heaven. And I am excited about the day that we honestly get to see Jesus as he is. I can't wait for the day that the lamb is the light. That there's no more crying, that there's no more pain, that there's no more suffering, there's no more sickness, there's no more political upheavals, there's no more worry, there's no more anxiety, there's no, it's just the Lamb is the light and we are with the joy of the Lord continuously all the days of our lives. And as Jesus begins to talk to them about how he's going to leave them and how they're going to meet him there one day Thomas poses the question and he says Lord we don't even know where you're going how do you expect us to know how to get there and Jesus makes the statement that many of us preach and many of us teach as he begins to say I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh to the father but by me and we understand that it is through Jesus Christ that we enter into this salvation that all of us love and get to experience and I thank God for this John chapter 14 message because it's Philip that goes a little further and it says you know Lord show us the father and he he looks at Philip and says I have I been with you so long that you don't even understand who I am because if you've seen me, you have seen the Father because I and my Father are one. And he makes this beautiful oneness declaration and he just keeps going into John chapter 14 and it's just revelation after revelation into salvation and we understand that Jesus begins to talk to him and he begins to tell him that if you ask anything in my name I will give it to you and and he begins to talk about how there's going to be a comforter that is released and it's almost as if he's talking about another person but I'm thankful that in this conversation with Philip in, in John chapter 14 and verse number 17, he says, don't worry, Philip, you know him. And how can Philip know something that he has never met or never got to be around? What Jesus was trying to convey to Philip is this, is that I am the comforter because John chapter 4 and verse number 24 says, God is a spirit and so you can call him Father. You can call him son or you can call him Holy Ghost. But at the end of the day, it's just one God in different manifestations. 
he begins to unravel this beautiful oneness truth and this beautiful salvation truth. And he says in verse number 18, he didn't say another was going to come to him. He said, I will come to you. And it was on the day of Pentecost that we all understand that Jesus came, the comforter came. God came in, in, in spirit form and he filled them in that upper room. And I love what he begins to talk to them. And he says, don't worry. He says, there's coming a day that I'm going to be in you. The only way to get him in you is to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. That's getting Christ in you. That's the only way to get Christ in you because he said, I am the comforter. You've got to understand that when Jesus and Nicodemus were having the conversation, he said that the wind bloweth where it listeneth and thou hearest the sound thereof. He said, this is what it's going to be like when the spirit comes. That word wind is where we get the word. I, I believe it's, it's pneuma and it's, it's what, it's where we get this, this understanding or, or phone that, or pneuma and, and it's this feeling of the lungs. It's this understanding that, that it is the pneuma that is the spirit of God and it is the spirit of God that would fill man. The pneuma is the Old Testament ruah and you have to understand that, that Nicodemus is a scholar. He is a man that is learned. He is a man that woke up in the morning and said, Hear O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And somewhere around lunchtime he said, Hear O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And before he went to bed he quoted it again. Hear O Israel, the Lord Lord, our God is one Lord and you have to understand that when he says the wind that he was talking not about the physical wind but he was talking about what they would understand the wind is to be because in those days as we understand now that the wind is a high pressure system and a low pressure system meeting that causes the blowing that we see in the trees in ancient cosmology they didn't understand that that is what wind was when they saw the wind they would look up at the wrestling of the trees and the father would nudge the son and he would say you see that wrestling in the trees that is the spirit of God moving on the earth and so in those days when they would reference the wind what they were saying is it's God's spirit is moving upon the face of the earth it's the same word that was used in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. That's the same word that Jesus was using just in the Greek because you've got to understand that when they were talking about the spirit moving, he was trying to convey to him that the creator of heaven and earth is about to fill you with himself. He said, so I'm going to be in you and you're going to be in me. The only way for you to get in Jesus is through the watery grave called baptism in Jesus' name. We had two people experience the beautiful salvation that is baptism in Jesus' name on Sunday. Because when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, you are literally in Christ. You are buried with him in baptism. And nowhere in scripture was anybody baptized in the sprinkling because the original word for baptism is baptismo. 
Samoa and it is to be fully submerged under the water because you don't bury a dead man partially and when you go into that watery grave you come out a new man and the old man passes away and all things become new. If you're here today and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus I charge you to not leave this place until you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. These things are are spiritual truths that Jesus reveals in this moment with them. And then it continues on, and I love the progression because the progression between John 14 and 15 is also the progression of our walk with him. Because after he begins to reveal these wonderful salvational truths, Brother Bounds, he begins to talk about how I'm going to be in you and you're going to be in me and we're going to be in the Father. And then you open John chapter 15 and in John chapter 15, he begins to talk about how I am the vine and you are the branches and he that abideth in me. He says, if you're in me, he said, you're going to have some fruit on the vine. And see, as you go into this study of John 14 and 15, you see the only real fruit that he really references is love, joy, and peace. He was reaching forward to when we would understand what is the fruit of the Spirit because when you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, there are some fruit that show up on your life. I want to, my great-grandfather, most people don't know his story. I called my grandpa a little while ago because I I wanted to know great-grandpa's story. My great-grandfather was known as the town drunk. Everybody knew he was a hard man. He loved to fight. My great-grandfather was one that would beat on his wife, my my great-grandmother. He would beat on his sons. He was a spousal abuser. He he beat his kids. He he was a hard man. He loved to fight. He was angry. He was always drunk. Grandpa said that he was one that that, that it, at the drop of a hat and if he had to drop the hat he just wanted to fight and then great grandma got word of a revival that was taking place in Kennet, Missouri and she went down and she got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus name and great grandma started praying that God would fill her husband with the Holy Ghost but grandpa ignored all of the nudges and all of the invites that he would receive to go to church. He, he was a hard man. He didn't want anything to do with those apples. He he didn't want anything to do with what was taking place in that revival and people getting the Holy Ghost. And and Grandpa, one day, my grandfather says that he was a a cotton farmer, that that he was out one day and he was plowing the field. And while he was out there plowing the field, that the voice of God spoke to him on that tractor. And it said, uh, you must repent of your sins and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But my great-grandfather was a stubborn man, my grandpa said, uh, that, that he didn't want to listen to God. He didn't want to listen to anybody and great grandpa ignored the voice of God the first time and then he heard it again. He said, I heard the voice of God said, repent of your sins and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and and he ignored the voice of God again. He turned it off. He didn't want to listen to it and while he's ignoring the voice of God, he said the third time, he said there was no voice. He said the Holy Ghost hit him off the side of that tractor and he fell down in the middle of the field and he knew right I better repent or God's going to kill me dead. And he lifted his hands and he repented of his sins. And right there in the midst of a cotton field, my great grandfather was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. And I'll tell you what makes that so amazing. 
My grandfather said that that, that great grandpa, he would buy his cigarettes a month at a time and he would store them at the house. He said when he walked into the house that day, he said he was still speaking in tongues. He drove back from the, from the cotton field all the way to the house and he couldn't stop speaking in tongues. He walked into his house and he grabbed the cigarettes. Grandpa said he threw them in the fire and they lit up. He said, I'll never touch them again. And then he went to the, to the liquor cabinet and he grabbed all the liquor and he poured it all down the sink and he threw it all away. He said, I'll never touch it again. And immediately God took a hard man. God took a fighter. God took a drunk. God took a man that nobody wanted to talk to. And everybody said immediately he had love about him and he had peace about my Lord. Can I preach to somebody today? Not only does the Holy Ghost feel good when you get it, but it'll give you love and joy and peace and temperance and gentleness and meekness and goodness, and it'll give you faith and long-suffering. My great-grandfather such a hard man. He immediately, he, he had a completely 360. He turned all the way around. He was changed immediately. And because of the change that the city saw in him, one man caused a, a mighty revival to sweep all across Kenneth because they knew he was such a hard man to deal with. And if whatever he got a hold of would change him like it changed him, then everybody in the city started saying, maybe it'll change me too. You don't know what one person can do for it. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. You don't know what one person uh, that you bump into is going to do for the revival that God has for this place. Uh, you don't know what one person uh, that you're overlooking uh, because he's hard and nobody wants to. You better keep witnessing. Uh, you better keep sowing. Genesis 17, the Bible says that Abraham was a stranger in the land of Canaan. But in Genesis 37, his great-grandson Jacob, the Bible says that he dwelled where Abraham was a stranger. Can I preach for just a moment to a first generation? You feel like a stranger to the things of the Spirit. You feel like a stranger when you walk in amongst the apostolics. You feel like a stranger because you don't really know all of the ebbs and the flows of the Holy Ghost. You don't really know when to clap. You don't really know how to do it all. Let me tell you, if you're willing to be a stranger uh, in the spirit realm now, you may have a great grandson uh, that'll preach the gospel. Uh, you may have a grandson uh, named Mark Morgan or Jeff Morgan uh, that travel the world. You don't know. You might be a stranger now, but you're living for your grandbabies. Uh, you're living for your sons. Uh, you're living for your daughters. Somebody needs to receive that word right now. I don't know who you are. You've come to church saying, I don't belong here. You keep fighting. You keep grinding it out. It's worth it. Somebody lift your hands and shout unto the Lord right now. I feel like preaching quit off of somebody. Don't you dare quit now. Don't you dare throw in the towel now. Keep fighting it out. Keep grinding it out. It's worth it. He'll give you the, the fruit of the Spirit. You start reading about the fruit of the Spirit, and it has a little addendum at the end of it. It says, against there is no such law. There's no such law. Because you go to Romans, you see in 1 John, I'm, I want to explain this like I feel it tonight. In 1 John chapter 3, it says that in him is no sin. And so if you're in him, if you're in Christ, 
that means that you don't have sin in your life at the moment. Now, we all fall short of the glory of God. Adam and Eve proved that when they fell short, that God removed them from his presence because when you're in him and you sin, it removes you from him, right? But thanks be to God that we have a high priest that can be touched by our infirmities. We have an advocate with the Father, wherefore we can cry, Abba, Father, and we can come to him boldly before the throne room of grace and make our petitions known. You can come with an attitude of repentance, and as quickly as you were removed, you can be put back in. And did you know that fear, the first time fear is ever mentioned in the Bible is when Adam and Eve fall in the garden? That's the first time fear is mentioned. The Bible says that when the Lord showed up, they were afraid and so they hid themselves from him. Showing me that fear only shows up in our lives when a certain area of our lives has been severed from his presence. When we have fear working in our lives, I would suggest that that means that there's an area of your life that you don't have submitted to the kingdom of God. If you're worried about your finances 24-7, your finances aren't submitted to the kingdom of God. If you're worried about this, that, and the other, then you haven't fully submitted it to the kingdom of God because the Bible says in Isaiah that the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And we make it all about the kingdom expansion. And yes, that's true. It is about what he's doing on a global level. But it's also about a kingdom expansion on a personal level because when you get the entrance into the kingdom, it shows up, it feels good. But it's not just supposed to stop at a feel-good sensation. Uh, His government is supposed to increase over your job. His government is supposed to increase over your family. His government is supposed to increase over your marriage. Uh, His government will increase over your bank account. His government will increase over every single avenue of your life. Uh, The issue is, is we don't take time to submit ourselves to his government on a daily basis. And so you have to see it for what it is. He starts talking about that in me, everything, it's pure, it's holy. That's why in Romans, he says that you are to put on Christ Jesus. The NIV says it like this, that we are to literally wear him like a garment. And so if you're in him, you have the fruit of him. I want to take us somewhere tonight because there's going to be a release of miracles in this building before this night is over. So the Bible says that you are to wear him like a garment. Watch that. That he is literally the garment. So when you repent, you wake up every morning. This is what I try to do. Sometimes I fail, but this is just what I try to do. After I've gone to my coffee pot and I've drank of heaven's nectar, I sit down in my chair and I start just like this. Lord, I submit my life unto you today. Lord, I can't be a good husband if you don't help me today. Because this is what I've learned is, you know, I grew up with brothers and, 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 and tone is important to women. Brother Bounds, I didn't know that. And so every morning I wake up, Sister Bounds, and I, this is one of my prayers, God. You've got to help me learn how to say the right thing in the right way today. You see, we think God is just for the major aspects of our life. When we get the bad diagnosis, uh, when we get this happening and a crisis shows up, but God wants to walk with you. Uh, God wants to be the nudge that wakes you up in the morning. Uh, God wants to be the nudge uh, that while you're standing in line at Starbucks, uh, you feel the little leading of the Spirit, but it won't happen uh, unless you're in Christ. So this is what we do every day. We get up. How come? I got a question. Who here leaves your house without clothes on? Would you raise your hand? No. So general consensus is nobody. Good. Thank the Lord. That's called public or indecency. You get a ticket for that. So watch. We remember every day. We, every day that we wake up, we remember to go to our closet, get dressed, right? 
how come we leave the most important garment in our closet wadded up in the corner then? Because the Bible says that you are to put on Christ. The NIV says you are to literally put him on as a garment. And so we'll walk out exposed to every spiritual element in the world. And we'll wonder why we're battling fear, anxiety, depression, heartache, pain, and everything else that the world has to offer. Did you know that in John chapter 14, he said the peace that I give you will not be like another peace? The other peace that he's talking about is the peace of the world. The world has a false peace that'll entice you and draw you in. And then it'll just be taken out from under you. But he says the peace that I give you it will be with you always as long as you're underneath the garment and you're in Christ you'll walk in peace joy temperance long-suffering goodness meekness I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house right now. I'm here to preach to somebody. It's not the will of God for you to battle depression. It's not the will of God for you to be bound by anxiety the moment you step out of your house. You are to walk in the boldness and the peace and the love and the joy of the Holy Ghost. So it's if you can get him on and then you progress just a little bit further, further into John chapter 15. And I love what he begins to reveal to us in John chapter 15. Watch, because if you're in him, that means you're working after the commandments that he gives you. John chapter 15, verse number 14. If you are my friends, someone say friends. If, if you are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. So if you're in him, that means you're walking in his commandments. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. Someone say friends. For friends, Brother Bounds, know all things. I wonder what type of apostolic revival would sweep across the place. If we started living our lives so led of the Spirit... And we were so wrapped up in Christ. And we were walking after the commandments of the Lord. You see, the only reference that I have for a friend of God is Abraham. And when the angel got ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, it tried to withhold it from Abraham. But it could not because Abraham was a friend because he kept the commandments of the Lord. And so because Abraham kept the commandments, the Lord could not withhold the secrets of the city. I wonder how many secrets of the city God is ready to reveal, not just to your pastor. I'm thankful for what he talks to your pastor, but I wonder what secrets he has for you about your neighborhood. Come on now. I wonder what secrets he has for you about your job. I wonder how you can minister on your job. If you would begin to become the friend of God, he would just whisper in your ear, this is how you're going to have revival in your neighborhood. This is how you're going to have revival on your job site. It's the path to the miraculous because he doesn't want to withhold anything. God wants to tell you every secret of apostolic revival that there is for this city. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God wants to start revealing secrets to people uh, on how you're going to be an effective evangelist to your neighborhood. Uh, how you're going to be a, but you've got to be willing to walk uh, as a friend. Would you lift your hands right now?
Can you put Ephesians 3 and 10 up for me? Would that be all right? Ephesians 3 and 10. Watch. So we're talking about knowing all things in the kingdom. To the intent that now unto the principalities and power, someone say in heavenly places, might be known by who? Who? So, so not, not, just, not just the select few, right? Not just the three or four that always can hear from God, right? He wants to let things in heavenly places known by who? God is ready to start revealing things to the church. God is ready to start opening up the windows of heaven and letting people up into heavenly places so they might know some secrets that heaven is ready to reveal that heaven is ready to release, that heaven is ready to start giving us so that we might know the secrets of the kingdom. The Bible says that he gave you access by Christ Jesus. You have access into those heavenly places because you're in Christ. And when you're in Christ, you can walk into those places and he will make known angelic help unto you. He will make known these things in the spirit that people are ready to start receiving. There are revelations that God wants to start giving people from the heavenlies. The Lord began to talk to me a little bit in the room by the bounds about offenses. I've never seen this quite like I saw it in, in the hotel room. I believe I gave you Matthew chapter 13, verse number 20 and 21. Matthew chapter 13. I'm sorry. If I'm taking a long time, please just flow with me just for a minute. Matthew chapter 13. The Bible says, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy received it. Next verse. Yet hath he not root in himself, relationship is what root means, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, someone say because of the word. By and by, he is offended. The Lord spoke to me about offense tonight. He said offense is pride. Offense is pride. You know why? Because the Bible says that the tribulation and the persecution did not show up because how great you are or how much I've got going for me or how much everybody sees what's going on with me that would cause them to say things about me or do things to me. Offense showed up because of the word that God put in my life. And so because there is a word that is trying to germinate and become powerful in working through you, the Bible says that the enemy showed up because of the word. And when you start make, taking the blame of the reason offenses have come to you personal, that shows me that you have pride. Because offense is just pride. Because if you were really wise in understanding what was taking place, you would understand it had nothing to do with you. The offense came because the enemy is afraid that if the word that God put on your life ever comes to pass, that they would never be able to stop what God is trying to do in you, by you, and through you. Oh, Lord, help me tonight, Lord. 
I'm telling you, I feel like I have wrestled for somebody's soul today. I was in the, I was in my prayer and I was praying and I started thinking, I don't know who I am. I don't have an identity. I, I have no ministry. And the Lord began to reveal, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Offense came against you and you took it personal. It's time to rid yourself of that and realize offense only showed up because you've got a promise on your life. Revelation chapter 1. I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos. Someone say the isle. He is on exile on Patmos. Why? For the word, for the word, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. But nevertheless, Brother Bounds, when the offense showed up and he was exiled on the Patmos, he didn't get offended that he was there. He said, in spite of what has come against me, it has nothing to do with Dylan and it has everything to do with the fact God gave me a word uh, that I've been preaching, uh, that I've been sharing, uh, that I've been declaring. My Lord, hey, uh, if John would have got offended, he would have never got in the spirit on the Lord's day. uh, And seven churches in Asia would have dried up and never got the word that they needed to get. uh, But because one man uh, was willing to let go of offense, uh, let go of things uh, that have come against him, uh, the Bible says uh, he was willing to get uh, in the spirit there's somebody in this place the presence of God is flowing you need to step in the spirit right now I said you need to step into the spirit right now somebody praise him right now somebody lift your voice right now that's not I need you to lift your voices for just a minute I feel something's about to shift in this place right now. He got in the spirit on the Lord's day. On a Wednesday night, somebody's about to wait off into the spirit right now. And you're about to start getting revelation that God's been trying to give you for a while. God's about to unveil the curtains of heaven and start showing you some things. Come on, it's been a while since you've had a vision. It's been a while since you've had a dream. It's been a while because offense got in your spirit. But I feel the unveiling of heaven. Come on, lift your hands right now. Lift your voices. Hey, I 
I, John, got in the spirit on the Lord's day. I got in the spirit when it wasn't easy. I got in the spirit when it wasn't convenient. I got in the spirit when I was looking at the other bones of the exiles that were around me. I got in the spirit in spite of circumstances. I got in the spirit in spite of family drama. I got in the spirit in spite of everything that was talked about me. I got in the spirit in spite of what everybody said about my family, of what everybody said about, come on, I got in the spirit anyhow. And because I was willing to get in the spirit, God said, come up, John. I've got some revelation up here in the heavenlies. I got some things that I've been meaning to show you. And he saw the angel for this church and the angel for that church. And John was still up in the heavenlies. And he said, John, come up a little higher. And when he got up a little higher, he saw the lamb as it were slain. And he looked again and he saw one throne and one that sat on the throne. There is revelation that is trying to be unlocked. And when you allow yourself to walk in him, John 15, 16. I have not chosen, I mean, can you put John 15, 16 up there for me? I'm almost done. Stay standing. You have not chosen me. No music for just a moment, please. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever. Can you read that with me? That whatsoever. He may what? He may give it you. Come up here, sorry. Come help me. Noah, come up here. Help me quick. Stand right here. The path to the miraculous is this. You're in him. Come stand up on this side. You are his friend. And then this is what he says. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. He echoes it again in John chapter 16. He says he may give it you. It's the same thing that Peter and John said when they walked to the gate called Beautiful and they saw the man there that was asking alms. They didn't say silver and gold, have I none first. They said look on us first. Because it was the revelation that if you're in Christ and Christ is in you, that you are what the world needs. Some of y'all about to go back to school if you haven't already. Some of y'all are going to go back to your job. Some of y'all need a miracle in this place tonight. And you're waiting for the evangelist uh, to call for the moment of healing and, and speak the word of faith. Can I tell you what God is requiring of the end time church? That it wouldn't just be one man in the pulpit uh, that is operating in the gift of faith and flowing in the miraculous. If we're going to have the harvest that God wants us to have, we're going to have to give the revelation uh, that he gave it you. So Noah has a need. His need is this, that, and the other, okay? And you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name and have a walk with the Lord. And because you have a walk with the Lord and he has a need, the need doesn't look up. The need looks to you because God gave it to you when you got the Holy Ghost so that he could give it you when the need arises. 
Because when the need looks at the answer, it doesn't see Sawyer. That's where we get messed up. We start looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, I'll never be enough. I'll never be able. You're right. We won't ever be enough. But when the need sees us, it doesn't see us. It sees who was where wearing and who I got on. It is not whatever the name brand of this shirt is. I got Jesus on me tonight. And when Noah sees the answer, it doesn't see Sawyer. It just sees somebody robed in the name of Jesus. My God have mercy. I pray that tonight uh, there would be a release uh, of apostolic boldness uh, on every first generation saint, on every third generation saint, on every fifth. Come on. uh, You've got to understand. uh, You've got it. uh, You've got everything you need uh, to be apostolic uh, and used in the end time. And so Sawyer. Because you have Christ, you have the ability to walk up to the need and lay your hand on his head and say by the power of the word of God and by the authority that's in the name of Jesus be healed in Jesus name and because the need understands that death was swallowed up in victory because the need understands that he was wounded for our transgressions that he was come on the chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes we are healed all the need can see is the answer Jesus you know what Zanesville needs it needs about 200 folk uh, to realize uh, I've got God uh, and that's all I need Uh, I've got my rashat uh, I feel so much faith coming into this house you friend need to start laying hands and seeing miracles you friend need to start doing a work Lift your hands. God's filling this place with faith right now. I feel miracles are walking into this building. I said, I feel miracles. Somebody's about to get the Holy Ghost. I got it at 720. It's 805. Can I, just, can I say one more thing? Turn with me to Judges. Stay here. Judges chapter 6, verse number 13. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if thou really are with us, why then is all this going on? Why is all this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our fathers told of us saying? How many of you would honestly raise your hand with me and say, you've asked God, where are the miracles? Raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. There's a, is that it? Okay, good. I've asked it too. Where are the miracles at? Where are they at, Sawyer? I've heard the, I heard the miracles you told me. And I've seen great miracles lately because God's been showing me a few things. And I've asked God, where, where are they at? Where are they at on the magnitude like you talk about with your dad, Brother Bounds? Where, where are they at? And if you keep reading, you'll get the answer to where they're at. He said, where are the miracles? Where, where's it all at? How come we're not seeing it like we heard about it? Verse number 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go. Where are the miracles at? They're in the going. Where are the signs and wonders that we have prayed about? They're in the going. 
Where are we going to start seeing the lame walk and, and the blind see and, and the deaf hear? Where are we going to start seeing people? Out? You know when we're going to, I feel such a boldness coming over me right now. You know when we're going to start seeing it, Sawyer? When you go and when you go, I promise you, the Bible goes on to say, and the Lord will go with you. My God have mercy. Verse number 16, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee. You want to know when you're going to start seeing miracles? When you start moving in the spirit. And when Noah and Sawyer start moving in the spirit, go. The Bible says, God just said, I'm going to, Brother Bounce, will you follow him? This will be God, there's them moving. God said, I'm just going to go right there with them. Wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. You need to see a miracle, then start moving. And if you'll move, I'll be right there. Where you go, buddy, God's going to go with you. Where you go, God's going to go. Where you go, God's going to I looked at you in the Holy Ghost said he's about to baptize you with a supernatural anointing by the power of the word of God and by the authority that's in our You're about to start seeing miracles in your hands. You prayed for it, you sought for it, and God's about to release it. He's in the going. When you step out in boldness, he will meet you now. There's an unlocking of the supernatural. If you're hungry for it, I want you to join me in this altar right now. If you're desiring to be used in a way you've never been used in this end time revival, I want you to get to this altar as quick as you can get to this altar. I know it's Wednesday night, but there's a deep drawing of the spirit right now. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.